Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Trending Topics with Beebe. You can hear my show on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows. Plus, discover from 20,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows. Create custom playlists. Over 20,000 shows to discover, as I said. Rate and review my show on Stitcher, available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. And also, available on over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, and no wasted memory. Hello and welcome to another rousing episode of Trending Topics with BB. Yes, I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. And if you are new to this podcast, that would make sense now. Um, before I introduce who my guest is this week on the podcast, I want to make a plea with all my listeners out there. First and foremost, if you are listening or if you're not listening to this podcast on iTunes, please just sign into iTunes and leave a good rating and good review. It helps this podcast get found by more listeners on iTunes and uh, hope to keep putting out more great episodes for all of you listeners out there. And for you who have just listening to uh, really what keeps me going, it, pl- please do the same for Stitcher as well. I need five good ratings and comments to be on their top list of podcasts. And since Stitcher is available in your car or as an app for whatever device you own, please just take a few seconds to do this. I really appreciate it if you would give me a ratings on this podcast. Um, Hopefully, this podcast will keep getting bigger and better as time goes on. So, let's move on to who my guest is this week on the podcast. That will be Dolce, uh, his alias. Um, I will let him explain kind of where that came from, why he has an alias um, in the world of music. Uh, Obviously, I am huge into EDM, but trance and house music and with the ability of the internet and social media, we connected. So I was able to sit down and talk to him about his love for the music and what he's doing in the scene in San Francisco. So without giving anything away, I would like to just go ahead and thank him for joining me on the podcast and enjoy this new episode of Trending Topics with BB. <laughs>
right. So, uh, as you mentioned uh, in the free show, uh, you kind of have uh, two names. So, I want to welcome you to my podcast, and um, I'm glad that we could make this happen. Uh, we were supposed to make this happen last weekend, but as we spoke about last week, I was a little exhausted getting back from L.A., um, so I had to push <laughs> it back. But um, it's great that you you found my Twitter and stuff, and, like, you know, I'm pretty into uh, electronic music in general. Um, yeah. And I, I, I recently, well, not recently, but realized how much I'm into house and trance. Like, my, my love for it is, like, I don't know. I've always been into it, but, like, yeah. I don't know, recently. Never-ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, I know I've been on your website, and I, we've talked, but, like, I want the listeners that uh, don't really know much about you, kind of just, you know, where your love for music is and kind of how it all started. Yeah, totally. Well, um you know, I've been listening to electronic music since 92. Um, I'm kind of an oldie. I'm going to go ahead and, I'm, you know, I'm 35 now. Um, so back in the, ni- you know, 92, I was like 12. Um, and uh, I got into it through a group called Two Unlimited in Houston, Texas. Um, they're a group that that you might have heard, like the theme song, a lot of um, uh, sports games and stuff. It's the... Um, you know the dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's them. That was like one of their biggest hits. But they have a lot of other stuff too, and they're kind of big back in the day when they first came out. Anyway, so I got into them and a song called Twilight Zone. That's another one that they did. And um, I just kind of listened to it for a long time. Um, didn't really get where I'm from. We don't really have much of a scene, so I was kind of the kid in the record store listening to a bunch of uh, you know music and kind of picking up stuff and you know back in the day where you when you could go into a record store and kind of pick up headphones and they had these little kiosks where they had cds and you push a button and you could listen to, to music that way before the internet really and uh, i just picked up a bunch of stuff from like paulo confold was a big uh influence for me um so i want to say when i was probably oh, 18 or 19 i really started kind of um, collecting and, um, you know, about, you know, 20, 21, started going to the clubs in Dallas. Um, I'm originally from East Texas, so the closest major city where I was from is Dallas. So, uh, went to Dallas and saw a bunch of, uh, DJs that I'd never, I'd seen their names and flyers and on, on the web and stuff, but never, um, wasn't really familiar with the, the club environment and that kind of thing. So that was cool seeing that. And I was like, man, why are these songs so long? You know, I'm used to these radio edits. They're like two, three minutes. And these are like eight-minute songs. Why is that? <laughs> so <laughs> um, it was cool kind of just learning, getting into the whole thing. Um, and so um, I guess my my uh, first couple of CDs were mix compilations, you know, that were really uh, – like DJ mixes, and uh, those happen to be in the trance genre. And, um, you know, fell in love with it, and, you know, I think it was Trans Nation America, like 2003 or four, or something like that around there. And um, just wore that thing out like crazy and um, said, hey, you know, I'm going to try to figure out how this stuff is made. It's pretty interesting. So I walked into a record store and 
and um, it was a kind of record slash instrument store, and uh, they had a section for keyboards and synthesizers and stuff, and I went and played around with a lot of that. And, um, yeah, I just um, bought a keyboard with a built-in sequencer. At the time, I didn't know you needed a computer or any other stuff that you had to really have in order to make music. Um, and so I had my little synthesizer and made some music that then would export from the keyboard to, like, a file and uploaded that to forums back and that during that time, a lot of the uh, electronic music was being released via like on forums and stuff. And that was where you found out about parties and that kind of thing and events. And um, there was one site in particular called DallasDanceMusic.com. I think it, I think they're actually still up. And then we used to frequent and post mixes. And then there were some other places around um, that were from like out of Europe and Italy and the Netherlands and stuff that people would post to as well. So. Um, and so I created an alias, um, Mitka, that I had been going by for the past 10 years or so. And, um, really, um, I guess about 2007 or 6 or whatever, I finished up college and decided that I wanted to try to make, do this as full time and kind of make a, a go at it basically and try to, you know, um, tour and do the whole, you know, thing. So I decided to come out to San Francisco um, and just packed up all my stuff, saved up a bunch of money and and came out here. I uh, happened to get a decent job and uh, met somebody through a uh, radio station that I worked at. Um, radio station was actually dance music radio station. It was the first one that I'd ever heard, you know, that was just solely dance at the time. I was like, man, California's good already. Jeez. <laughs> so... That was right. cool, um, and um, you know, ended up getting a studio um, with. Actually, the it's funny. The studio I was in has a lot of the um, big names you might have heard of already, like Miguel Miggs was in the same building as me. Um, Dirty Bird, the guys like Claude Von Stroke and Justin Martin, and all those guys were in my studio. Um, and uh, some of the other uh, home records and, and some of these that are larger names. Uh, the name of the complex is Molten Studios. Um, it's now uh, defunct, but um, the um, it was really cool learning and, and growing and kind of building my brand as a trance artist in the, at that time. So um, after a while, my releases started getting noticed and started picking up some steam. I um, released on Alter Ego Records and um, my latest release before I decided to quit doing trance was uh, Future Sound of Egypt with Ali and Fila. So I released with those guys. And um, yeah, I've always been a big lover of house music and just all good forms of electronic, but I feel that house has more of a um, a story to tell than trance, you know, for me personally, you know. Um, I think you can, you know, get away with kind of uh, playing different, um, kind of in, starting out slow and building up the energy and coming back down again. And you know, whereas trance, you can do that to a degree, but a lot of trance DJs are just kind of, you know, they're pretty hard, pretty fast out of the gate. So, um, you know, I think I like the variety that house allows you to, you know, do as a DJ, and then also the uh, styles tend to be a, a little I don't know, wider scope. Um, so that's attractive to me. Um, so that's it in a nutshell. Hope I haven't talked to you off. Well, no, no. 
So you talk about aliases. So why why do you? Well, I mean, it's, I guess the question is, it's not it's not the first time we've heard of a DJ or or an artist or a producer to take an alias. But what what is it about an alias that kind of defines I don't know like a journey in music because um, most people well there there's aliases like all the time like Fairy Question has an alias Marcus Schultz has an alias I mean you hear it all mm-hmm. the time yeah. so what is the appeal to you know find that like alias for maybe a different sound you want to go for or right just, well the whole I mean I don't know I want to speak for them but um marketing music in general it's easier to market if you have a sound associated with your name whereas you have guys like Matt Zode are kind of doing different things um whether it's like chill down tempo drum and bass you know electro trance you know he kind of does a little bit of everything you know he's able to do that cuz he's established himself through engineer beats and you know some other labels and stuff before he um you know started to diversify a little bit but when you're coming up it's you want to kind of have an anchor for people to hold on to and recognize um what it is that you do you know and they see your name it's like okay well he has this kind of sound so i'm you know um so it's i think you know that Guriella is a you know alias for Fairy Corson you know and that's a certain sound and then you know like Marcus Schultz I think has had some other um, he's got the um, Dakota alias you know and right. um, but, you know and each one of those names has a certain sound you know associated with it and, um, I think that's just for you know Marcus and some of the other guys I imagine that it's creatively exciting for them to do different styles and different things you know um, and the fans expect a certain sound out of Marcus Schultz, you know, right now. Certain people do, and um, he, I think, likes to kind of switch it up every now and then. In order to do that, he's kind of created some other um, personalities, you know. So I don't want to speak for him, but that's kind of my thoughts on it. Well, in terms of styles and of sounds, okay, like marketing – I guess for somebody like me that just, I love the scene. I love, I've, like, I got into it when it wasn't cool, when it was still on the ground, too. Like, mm-hmm. back when people were like, oh, I didn't know you were into that. And I was like, yeah. Because there was a radio station here in Phoenix, and that's how I got into it. And I mean, obviously, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, that's how I got into EDM as a whole. And then just kind of growing up in the 90s, but in terms of associating the sound with the name, like, I, we, I don't know if it helps market in some time. I mean, it's great. Is it more of, like, do you think it's more having to do with, I mean, in, when it comes to certain names that we've mentioned, um, the ability to avoid, like, burnout because of being able to kind of get out of a certain box you're expected to be in in terms of sound yeah i mean i I think that's one of the reasons for sure um you know there are authors of books too that will change their names you know to something else and to you know i've heard these weird wild stories of authors doing that to see if they'd still sell their books you know 
like Stephen King, you know, he'll write a book under some weird name just to see if it's, it'll still sell. Because, you know, his book, just under his name Stephen King, will sell automatically just by the name, you know. It could be a totally crappy book, but it'll still sell numbers. And, you know, it's, um, some people will, you know, will do that and, um, just to kind of, you know, not be judged, I guess. It could, I mean, who, who knows? I don't know. Um, you know, I started the whole, you know, Dolce thing for my house music is because, you know, Justin Duke doesn't sound like a really flashy name. <laughs> it's not something that I could, you know, uh, I make a lot of different styles of music. and I think Justin's more of a type of producer name that I would use for, like, making music for, you know, bands, like engineering and that kind of thing. But uh, in terms of uh, house music and the sound um, that I'm doing right now currently, that seems like something that kind of fell into my lap. And it was, it was, you know, it's just, just, it's just a name kind of thing. Nothing really behind, nothing, no real big reason behind it. Just, um, you know, just kind of something to stamp on what my sound is, you know. So in terms of the subgenres within EDM, why do you think that we're quick now more than we were maybe 15 to 20 years ago um, quick to always talk about, oh, we're into house or we're into trance. Because 15 to 20 years ago, it was just electronic dance music. It, 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 I didn't even have the EDM, you know, acronym yet. Um, I think it's because, I don't know, is it because it's now so mainstream in America as when it was, it had already hit in Europe, you know, 20 years ago? Right. Well, I mean, they've always had genre, subgenres. I mean, since I could remember, you know, I mean, there's always been like breaks and, you know, drum and bass and like the house heads and then, you know, go a trance and stuff, depending on how far back you want to go, you know. Um, there are more subgenres now, for sure, just because the longer something has been around, the more it splits off into little segments, you know. Um, so, I mean, disco, you know, it's one of the earliest forms of electronic music. And even disco split into a million different things, you know. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of, all kinds of things. But I think people like putting a, a name to something that they can describe, you know. Um, yeah, I I don't know why that is, but there's been a ton of articles written on it as to why things even have a name or genre or whatever. You know, I called electronic dance music. I called the you know I called it EDM before it was like a, a word EDM that is today. You know, um, back in back when. So um, I think yeah, the popularity of it in the mainstream has definitely you know anything that's become popular you know it gets a lot of heat. You know, and and if there are those people out there that just hate on stuff just because it's popular, you know. So, and that's no, just the way it is. And you know, what do you think? What are your What are your opinions on it? Well, I just recently also had a. It kind of goes along with it. But I just recently had a conversation with somebody also who who's heavily into it, and what I've found interesting is the elitism between 
people within the EDM community saying that certain DJs aren't as good as others. Um, a lot of people that are really into, like, the trance and house side were not really into dubstep through Skrillex and, and all of that. So it's hard to say. Like, I guess because I've been into it for most of my life, like, I have a different perspective on EDM as a, as a whole. Like, I can mm-hmm. understand people being uh, disappointed that it's become so mainstream. But because typically in music throughout history, America's always been slow on the uptake. And I think it's just history repeating itself just with a different style of music. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but, yeah, definitely goes in cycles, definitely. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess for people that don't understand, like, it's funny how, like, you can talk to people within the scene and they, like, understand why you love it, but I've had to explain it to people that aren't really into electronic dance music and they just don't seem to get it. Like, I feel like our scene is a lot more passionate about the music itself. Not to say that other genres of music aren't passionate at all, but, like, it's it's the way we, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but, like, do you feel that it's different than as if you were going to, like, a rock concert or, because I've been to those, I've been to R&B, I've been to a lot of music throughout my life. Do you think EDM has a whole different passion, or is it just because it's so new to America for the last five to six, maybe ten years. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, electronic music has a... I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I, you know, love the genre, but I personally think it's got a... I don't know, it's got a sense of... Com- uh, more sense of a community than any other genre that I've, you know, been a part of. I've, I've, I love rock music, and I love country and blues and... You know, um, all kinds, all styles of music, you know, a lot of different types, but, um, you know, there's something about, you know, I've, I've never gone to a rock show and danced, you know what I mean? Like with somebody, um, you know, there's R, I've gone to R&B and, you know, hip hop shows and, and then indie shows and, you know, you, you do dance and, you know, have a good time, but there is, you know, there's something like, um, kind of uh, deeper level, almost like a spiritual level uh, at like a house music show, let's say. Like I went to a show last night that was, um, you know, it was a soulful house event uh, mostly. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the vibe there was like, it was like family, you know. I didn't even know any of these people, but, you know, they were smiling and dancing and just like saying hi and, you know, that's um, how I feel when I so. Go, you know, it's it's just that's the that's kind of how I think you know, the scene really got so popular and so big is because it was a way for people to connect with one another. You know, and um, that's kind of what I'm about with uh, the music that I you know share through whether it's through my podcast or you know the music that I write or whatever. Um, I'm kind of trying to give back what the scene and the music has given to me, you know, to some degree. So, um, yeah. 
So hope that answers your question. Yeah. Well, I was just curious because I've been part of other genres and other scenes, and it seems more competitive and more drama-infused because ultimately everybody's trying to get noticed by the artist. Mm-hmm. But, in, but through my experience last month and last week, um, people to see people in crowds look out for each other where in my previous experience years ago, people didn't do that. But they do that at in the EDM scene, whether it be trans house, whatever, because I've been to both. And it's nice. It's kind of refreshing because it, at least you know that it's more unity mm-hmm. than... But to explain it to other people who think that, like, I mean, everybody's got their their niche, their what they're into. But it, it, I've been I've been in both. I've been in you know multiple, and I I feel like the EDM it is more like you mentioned, more like a fa- it feels more like a family, and a little bit instead of just saying it, people actually do stuff mm-hmm. that kind of backs up that claim. Right. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and that's not to say that, you know, people that listen to some other music don't do, you know, good things for people in the environment. I mean, it happens too, you know. Um, but it's just, you know, my personal experience. Um, it's just what I see at these shows, and um, I think it's cool. So, so talk about, uh, like, I, I know you've done some remixes and you have your own podcast. So kind of talk about what you're, you know, what you're working on right now. Right. So, you know, my style, because I came from trance, it's melodic um, house. It's um, not really progressive house. It's not really the style of, like, Eric Cribbs, let's say. It kind of leans towards that in terms of the melodies and stuff, but it's more um, uh, kind of in the tech house genre kind of deep deep house style but with uh with melodic um kind of things to its qualities so um you know the the uh i I like tend to like to work with old style synthesizers um stuff from um back in the 80s and you know early 90s the kind of old sounding stuff that had these like trippy weird sounds and um, have a real cool feel to them. Um, I enjoy working with stuff like that. So I tend to use those kinds of instruments when I write. Um, and, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of a catalog at the moment under the new alias, but um, that's, you know, I've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline and, and working on stuff right now, actually, um, that I'm excited about. But the, the core of the whole thing for me is is rhythm, you know, like it's it's really like groovy or you know kind of drivey and melody. I mean, those are the big things that I love in dance music. So um, I wanted to kind of recreate that in my own way. Eventually, I like to put some vocals to some stuff. You know, my own vocals. Um, I'll try. I don't know if it's going to be any good, or we'll see what happens. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's pretty much uh, kind of where I'm going. So kind of about, like, your writing process. Do you start, do you have, like, an idea of a melody and then you kind of build from there? Or do you start with, uh, like, your vocal idea kind of, you know, or does it right. just depend? Yeah, so I'll start 
with a melody usually. Um, I'll take an instrument and I'll just kind of mess around the keyboards and try to come up with some chords. Um, if I like how the chords sound, I'll uh, just pull up some simple patches, uh, you know, loops and stuff like that and um, write a demo, essentially. Um, and I'll take that and give it a rest and come back to it in, you know, a day or two. If it sounds as good as it, you know, did when I was writing it, then and it looks like it has some promise and I'll move forward with it. Um, but, um, yeah, I have a big folder of works in progress you know, stuff that I'll save and, you know, um, work on at a later time, but I feel like it has some promise to it. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what I do. I'll just take some time and kind of write out really quickly and move on from there. And do you test this like, um, like maybe play it in a club or, or on a radio station or do you just kind of fill out, you know, people close to you what they're feeling? Like, do you, yeah, do like a process of just testing out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, uh, it, you know, I'll take a track that I like that I know sounds good in the club environment, and I'll compare it to that um, and make sure all the frequencies are right and you know the the sounds and the momentum of the track works and that kind of thing, and um, uh, do it that way. Uh, Luckily, I have contacts in the city that have access to larger sound systems, and, you know, um, I'm able to do that if I want to. Um, I do use a uh, mastering service outside of uh, my, you know, the studio that I work in. So those guys tend to kind of put the last touches on a track that make it kind of club-ready, um, taking out certain frequencies and boosting others and just making it sound good on a large sound system because the systems that tend to be very bass heavy in the club. Whereas, you know, where I'm mixing, it's, you know, I hear everything, hear all the frequencies and, you know, it's kind of more for, you know, your earbuds to cars and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, these guys kind of, they do that for a living. That's all they do is master. Um, they really do a good job. The guys I'm talking about are wired masters out of the UK for all you producers out there. Let's give those guys a listen. Check them out. Awesome. So, in terms, like I, I, you, you mentioned your alias and all that. So, do you? Are you so like? Do you stick to being solo, or do you collaborate with other artists? Do you kind of mull over ideas with other people in the right. scene? Right. Yeah. Um, collaborations is uh, it's it can be difficult. I work in a program not a lot of Americans use. <laughs> it's a program called Cubase. I mean, there are some people that, that use it, but it's primarily a European thing. Um, I was a big fan of this group, uh, Eiffel 65, back in the late 90s. Uh, yeah, and uh, they use Cubase. And so I picked it up and started using it. And I think the DAW choice these days is Ableton. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys use that. And, you know, you have Logic and, and Pro Tools and that kind of thing, too. But um, you know, I, I know a little bit of Ableton getting to know a little more. Um, so if I do, it will probably be collaboration within something like that. But, um, you know, there's services now where you like Splice and a bunch of online uh, cloud services where you can upload project files and collaborate with someone and, and 
you know, when you make a change to a track, it updates it to the cloud, and so the other guy on the other side can log in when he's awake and work on it, and it's, you know, documents all the changes and stuff, so it works out really well. Uh, whereas before, you had to bounce, you know, files back and forth and upload it and send it and it took a long time. It was kind of cumbersome, so... Um, but, um, you know, it's, I kind of have a way of working and, you know, it's not always fast. You know, a lot of the work that I do on my music, it's really boring and, you know, takes forever and there are a lot of edits and rewrites and that kind of thing. So, um, to have, to collaborate with someone in the studio has always been kind of intimidating for me. It's like, well, you want to be here for like three hours and watch me work on this snare drum? <laughs> so... Um, it's it's good too though to have that at the same time because it makes you move quickly and not overthink things, you know. And and um, so it's good and bad, you know. Probably more good than bad. So you you mentioned you moved out to San Francisco. So you started in Texas, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, started in Texas. And, other than like the opportunities, why did you pursue that move? Yeah, so at the time uh, in Dallas, there was uh, a, a couple of guys who were touring full time and and doing the electronic music thing, and as a you know full time job, and uh, a couple of them were like, "Hey man, you should check out San Francisco. It's got a great scene." Um, and uh, at the time, my buddy from Texas was transferring to go to school in San Francisco at the Academy of Art, which is a big art school here in the city. And, um, you know, he had a place, and I could go out and check out the place and crash at his house if I needed to. <clears throat> so that's what I did and came out, and it was awesome. Um, you know, had I thought about it a little more back then and known me better, I would probably have gone to L.A. first. Um, but um, it turns out that this was, you know, the place that I landed. Um, it's been awesome so far, you know, super lucky and met a lot of great people. Um, and honestly, it's not really where you are, I guess. It's, you know, you make the most of wherever you're at. But, um, yeah, that was, that's the story behind it. It's just kind of uh, the universe working its magic and me landing here, so. Awesome. And, like, there's events there like Dream State and other events in the area. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen them? I know they're, they've been growing, but what has seen that over the years done for the scene? What is what is who done for the scene? In terms of like the growth of certain events like Dream State. And- yeah. Well, San Francisco has always been a big, big like electronic music bed. Like they, they, you know, pioneered the San Francisco house sound. You know, there's your Detroit and Chicago, New York house, and you know, San Francisco had in the West Coast had this whole sound to it. You know, and um, you know, you had um, during the rave days back in the '90s. You know, this was a, a hot spot, hot bed for you know. California, you know, um, and so, you know, they've always been the, the dance music culture before it was, you know, quote unquote big, 
was alive and well here and, you know, that was, um, you know, kind of this burgeoning thing. So um, it was cool when dance started to take hold in kind of pop culture. You know, we were all super stoked because, you know, it was something we loved for so many years. And it was like, oh, people are now, you know, kind of seeing what we see and it's just super cool and, you know. Um, but, yeah, for sure there are, you know, more large-scale events now. Uh, like Dream State, um, you know, the there's a crew here in the Northern California called Skills. They throw a bunch of events uh, at Oracle Arena, like arena size, you know, events. And those are more commonplace now. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think on any given weekend, there are like five or six different venues that are playing, you know, electronic dance music of some sort or another. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, we have so many A-list artists coming in, like, all the time. I mean, L.A. does as well. You know, I would say L.A., from what I hear, is like the dance capital of the nation right now. I don't know. But, um, you know, we have a quite a bit of talent coming through the city um, at all times. So I think it's been a good thing. And in terms of, like, the future, do you, like, we talk about, everybody keeps saying that, like, trance died and house died, but, like, it never died. Like, yeah. It, it, all, like, why did it, why, I don't know if it's the media or the way certain, the way mainstream is with EDM as a whole, but why do people think certain genres die when in reality they don't? Yeah, I think they're just having a bad day. <laughs> well, that could be it, but like you, you keep hearing it like over and over that you know trance died, yeah. houses died. In my opinion, yeah. like you never died. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's different for everybody. It's just a, uh, I don't think it's I don't think one person can say it's died. You know, and I mean, and if it's dead, then cool, go move on to whatever genre you want to listen to. You know, um, you know we'll. We'll stay and you know do our thing. So, um, you know, what does it mean when something's dead or alive? You know, that doesn't really make any sense if you think about it. It's like it, it either is or it isn't. You know, it's it's not a matter of it being alive or dead. It's you know, some people are going to listen to it, some people aren't. You know, is it popular right now? Maybe if you know what what constitutes popular. You know, um, if if uh, you know, Depeche Mode is a famous example. A lot of their music is never played on the radio. Does that mean that they're not popular? It's like, no, millions of people love them, you know? Yeah. So, are they dead? No. So, it just, uh, it's just a matter of opinion. And, you know, I tend not to read those articles or, you know, if I, <laughs> I don't know, I just put myself in that situation you know, reading any of that stuff. So, but, you know, you can think what you want to think, you know, it's your, your, your thing. Go for it. Right. So, um, tell everybody like where they can check you out. I know, I know where to go, but like for those that are new and want to look more into your music. Yeah, for sure. So you can check me out at, uh, Dulce Music. That's D-U-L-C-H-E music.com and um, all my social links are there on the website 
I also have a monthly podcast that I do called Atmo. This is uh, stands for According to My Opinion, and uh, it's kind of a blend of electronic music, I would say, mostly. Um, and electronic meaning, um, you know, kind of it can be kind of trippy, it can be atmospheric, um, can be have house elements, but it cannot too. So it's it's really just kind of a where I'm at right now with uh, my alias for Dolce. Um, and it's kind of the stuff I like at the moment, kind of what I'm digging. So, um, And you can find that on both my SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, just do a search uh, for Atmo or my name, Dolce. And, um, you know, the show's going to come out on, you know, more uh, channels, YouTube, MixCloud, and that kind of thing. So if that's your, your thing, then uh, that will be coming soon. Um, Starting a residency here in San Francisco at a club called Verso. So if you're in the city or Bay Area, um, you can check out the website for dates and stuff coming soon for that. Okay. And in terms of social media, where can we find you? Yeah. So um, all the usual stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Not on Snapchat yet. heard that's where all the cool kids are nowadays. Is that true? Uh, I'm just... I'm into it now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I'm late. I'm late to the party, apparently. Yeah, same here. So I mean, I get on all this stuff, and I'm, by the time I get on it, everybody's leaving. So it's kind of how it is. Um, but um, yeah, just um, all the stuff that I'm a part of or connected with, it's uh, on my website. So on the homepage there on the right side. Okay, awesome. Well, I, again, I appreciate you joining me. Yeah, I'll have to like do this again, and. Good yeah, night. Brooke, thank you. Yeah, and I, I may or may not be out in San Francisco soon, but I um, would love to, uh, yeah. you know, check out the scene or whatever. So For sure. Well, you have, my, you have my Twitter. Yes, we'll do. <laughs> All right. Well, um, cool. thanks for joining me again, and I look forward to chatting with you again on the podcast and talking further. Definitely. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.